Hello and welcome to the season closer of season five, Cops and Robbers. And what did we choose in the end? Well, we allowed our good friend Joe from the Nerd Alert podcast on WDWNT. I got that right? Yes. That's right. Yay, thank you very oh much. Thank God, you. Finally. Better than I do. Excellent. Excellent. And we and so we allowed Joe to choose this. So if anything happens in this, then Joe is very much in the firing line i would say but do you know what i can see i can i can see why you picked it joe anyway without further ado it is the 1987 film john badham directed stakeout starring richard dreyfus emilio estevez madeline stowe aiden quinn and forrest whitaker as ever here's the trailer so who are we watching anyway? Her name is Maria McGuire. Long brown hair, brown eyes, mm. 313 pounds. 313 pounds? Let me see that. I would imagine that's fully clothed. Oh my God, how she could be the house. This is disgusting. I hate this job. Two undercover cops on the trail of an escaped killer, staking out the house of his unsuspecting girlfriend. I think she's gone on a diet. Everything was routine. Lucy, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> Until one of them stepped out of line. I was supposed to be watching the house, right? So I was watching the house from the inside. Out of the shadows. What a bozo. And into the picture. I don't believe this. You like spicy? I love spicy. I'm gonna kill him. You're nice. I'm not that nice. Look, Maria, there are things about me that you don't know. I don't know your name. <laughs> uh, 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 Bill, get out of the house. It's you I want. Get out of the house. <laughs> Guess who this is? Cover me! <laughs> Nothing going on here, just some dull old police work. Honey, I'm home! No funny stuff. No funny stuff. You used to be a hell of a cop, man. Uh, well, uh, it was uh, kind of, a, you know, uh, some... Uh... You've been watching me? I'm not going down with you. I hope you believe in reincarnation. Yeah, I think you're right. I screwed up. Touchstone Pictures presents Richard Dreyfus and Emilio Estevez in a John Badham movie. Did we uh, practice safe sex? Probably not. Stake out. Who says a little danger can't be a lot of fun? Is it love? Is it love? I, I don't know what that trailer is trying to uh, get across. I think the whole it, film, isn't it? I think it's <laughs> it's trying to be lethal weapon, but comedy lethal weapon. And yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, it's it, it's like it looks serious. Oh, look, it's funny. Oh, it looks serious. It, oh. It, yeah, it was a bit all over the place, really. It's yeah. like at the start of the trailer was like stuff at the end of the film, and then stuff at the end of the trailer was stuff at the start of the film. Yeah. It's a bit mixed up, really. If you th- if you think that trailer is is all messed up, then you need to see the trailer for another stakeout. Yes, they made a sequel, of which one we, is which just we not enough. Discuss when yeah, why why make one film like that, he says, yeah, without trying, have, to, without trying been, to give his. No, no, I don't want to give my give the score away, but yeah, no, I'm just saying it must have been successful for them to have a sequel. Yeah, we'll talk about the sequel and how successful that was. Mm. Uh, anyway, um, as I said at the intro, 
we have our good friend Joe from the Nerd Alert podcast. I'm not going to do the the other bit. Um, and we are we are covering Stakeout, and I thought this was my um, recollections of it were very positive. I I I thought. I would have loved it at the time. It's got Richard Dreyfuss in. It's got Emilio Estevez from the Breakfast Club. What's not to like? Well, we'll get to that. But who wants to go first with the scores? I guess I, so. I think I, I know like yours, it. Joe. So I don't know. I think I normally invite, we normally let the guests go first. But I think yeah. you might actually. Yeah, let Joe go the, first. No, we might be the. Yeah, let Joe go first. The jam in, the sandwich. Yeah, let me go first because right. there's. Uh, I want to defend myself. Oh, no, no, no! Why... Well, you don't know what we don't know what we're going to say yet. Well, okay. no, I know. No, I want to defend why I picked this one. Okay, yeah, go on. Because because you had said that I knew you were doing cops and robbers, and you're like, yeah. well, you need to do one last one with us. And so I went out to Google. I typed in uh, cops and robbers '80s movies, and the first one that came out was Stakeout. Good, and I was like, good lord, I haven't seen one. that. It was, yeah. Um, so I I'd never seen it before, and I. And I had mentioned it to Charlie. It says, well, stake cuts here. And he says, oh, that's interesting. And I said, well, yeah. yeah, maybe we can do that, you know? So I, I'd never seen it before. This is my first time viewing it, too. Oh, is it? Oh, oh. wow. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I'd never seen it. And um, I got to say, when it first started, uh, I like the, the beginning part. I, I won't get too much into detail. But once they got into that whole fish market scene, I was like, I rolled my eyes and I was like, oh, this is going to be dreadful. <laughs> but I started to enjoy it towards the middle. I like the whole interaction between Richard Dreyfus and Madeline Stowe. I mean, you know, there were problems with it, you know, for sure that we'll get into. But we are going to go over and roll call individuals, actors' performances. Or do I mention that here? But I know where, I know where you're going to go with that already. No, I, I have I have enough candy for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's do that. Yeah, let, in fact, let's do that roll call. Whether or not that, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. I've okay, well, thoughts as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think the problem with this movie is that it would have been a better movie with a better cast, and if it was just strictly a drama or thriller type of movie. I, I think they didn't need comedy for this. And as I was watching it, I kept thinking how much better this movie would have been if Robert De Niro was in the Richard Dreyfus role. And maybe somebody else uh, was in the Emilio Estevez role. I, I kept thinking, and I, I know he was considered for this film, uh, Val Kilmer, maybe, yeah. you know, to be, uh, you know, his, his partner. Uh, I just think it would have been a much better film, but I, I still, there are parts of it that I enjoyed. And uh, so I'm going to give it uh, a six out of 10. Mm. See, okay. that's, quite, that's quite high for Joe. So, yeah. Is it? Oh, oh. Right. it's, you know, you know, Joe, that, that sits, I mean, you know, not a spoiler alert, it, that sits nicely with the viewers score on Rotten Tomatoes. Which is fifty nine percent. So you're only one percent off. Um, yeah. Um, Amanda. Yes. What is your score? You just want me to give you a score? No, no, no. Just yeah. Would you give give us the give us the lowdown? What do you think? Appraisal. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, having not seen this movie before, 
Um, I'm pretty much in in agreement with Joe actually because um, it started off okay-ish, but I was just waiting for it to get better. Okay, and it didn't. <laughs> Look at that! That's a, that's a Rotten Tomatoes quote, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. And <laughs> there's a few there's a few things wrong with it in terms of it doesn't translate particularly well to today's sort of viewers. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's dated in there, and some some very misogynistic and very pervy. <laughs> Uh, elements to it which i didn't sit well with me particularly um yeah even i went ooh, uh yeah you went oh you won't like that bit then (laughs) i was like (laughs) nope (laughs) so all in all um it was okay uh i'm not sure really what emilio estefez added to it it didn't really do you and joe are gonna get on in roll call then so it was a five from me Oh, I had four. Oh, you put four. I oh, put no. Four. No, it was a five. Okay. It was okay. Right. I won't watch it again, though. Okay. Well, as I said, at the please start, don't make me watch another got... stakeout. No, we're definitely not watching that. The trailer for that looks just like one of the worst things, but we'll get to that in the context of the film. It was an hour and 57 as well. I oh, know. So it was it's so a long. long film. Yeah. My rose tinted spectacles. Are well and truly off. They, I'm taking them off. You know, it's done. It's done me a lot of damage from some of these films, like Mosquito Coast and Leviathan. I've just gone. Oh, why? I always feel like it's apologising to whoever's going to be on the podcast. So I'm really sorry that you're going to have to watch that. I'm glad, Joe, that you took something out of it and you got something that was that was quite good because this is trying to be this is trying to be Lethal Weapon and it fails. It's trying to be a jokey lethal weapon. It it doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? The, the direction, the, the direction is all over the place. This is from War Games, John Baden. This is from Blue Thunder, John ba- Baden. And then suddenly, yeah, but sense. Blue Thunder had stuff wrong with it as oh, well. Blue Thunder's got nothing wrong with it anyway. Right. Okay. Cyanide fever. And another. Oh one yeah, that, of course, yeah. Another. Well, Blue Thunder, another film that didn't translate well in today. So I thought you. I remember you liking Blue Thunder. It was okay, but it wasn't the best, was it? Again, it <laughs> yes, had like yes. stuff in it. Well, uh, again, you know, in the eighties, <laughs> you know, we've been through this. Hang on, times. hang on. I grew up watching Carry On films, so I know what what it's about. Don't get me wrong. Um, and you know, it's yeah, just but a film you, of its you time. don't like it when it's when it's not. I don't know, I was about to say not funny. Carry on is well and truly in your face. I mean it doesn't Yeah, doesn't it's slapstick comedy. It's it it's that's innuendo. what it is. It's, you know, yeah. Boobs and ass and anyway innuendo will, jokes and things. Can I give my yeah. score? Oh, go on <laughs> right. then. Thank you. Um so yes, why why would it fail? It's got Richard Dreyfus in in one of the best, well, the best movie of all time. Emilio Estevez, who I I'm going off despite the fact that I did absolutely, I, I liked him in the Mighty Ducks and Breakfast Club. Um, I men at work, but we'll get to that. That's that's all well cool. Um, no, I don't want to watch this. And I certainly don't want to watch the tawdry sequel, Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Who thought that was a good idea? Joe, talk, t- tell me, 
tell me the thinking behind the US executives going, Rosie O'Donnell. I know she, she had a chat show at the time, did she? Is it 93? No, this was be- I think this was before her chat show. <sighs> she doesn't, she, was a- she never adds anything to anything. Where did she, she come from? What, what was, was the background to her? She was a stand up comedian. Uh, I mean, okay. from what I remember, uh, Madonna and uh, Sandra Bernhardt were friends. And they were kind of like had some kind of relationship going mm. on. Like they experimented, you know, with bisexuality and all that. And Sandra Bernhardt was friends with Rosie O'Donnell. One time they asked her to hang out. Next thing you know, Sandra Bernhardt's out. Rosie's in. You know, Madonna's got some kind of relationship with Rosie. And then all of a sudden, Rosie's a star. Rosie's in that movie, uh, A League of Their Own with Madonna. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, and Tom Hanks. Mm. And she becomes a star uh, for some reason. But she was a stand-up comedian prior to that. Um, I, I never liked her. And she she does come across now as like a very mean-spirited person that yes. just is very rude to people in general and and doesn't really like anybody no no well feelings mutual um i'm sure uh so yeah it just it's it's a sprawling mess uh of which you get to i normally write down in capital letters when i'm when i'm like got something that's really you know made me uh made me want to think or or throw the book out the window um and there's a lot of capitals in this (laughs) There's quite there's quite a few capitals. There's more than more than there should be. Um, it's four. <gasps> I had the highest score. Yeah, Joe. You gave it a four. Four. I don't want to watch it again. There's nothing in it. There's no, there's 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 very little substance. You said you were waiting for it. It was good, and you were waiting for it to get better. At the hmm. start, I, I'm I'm with you, Joe. That that fish scene. But unlike you, I never recovered. <laughs> So, uh, absolutely. To you when we were watching that bit, I said, "Oh my god, they must have stunk for days." Yeah. And just before roll call, I think it's probably a good time to introduce this bit now. I, I, it's going to be a little bit of a quiz, a little bit of a quiz. Oh, good. Go on then. But uh, this is going to depress you, and it's going to depress you, dear listeners or watchers, whoever, whatever medium you're using that I'm going to tell you what the top 10 domestic box office for 1987. Um, and I would, I would spoiler alert because this isn't the game. Stakeout. Is this, in, is this in the UK? This is uh total, total growth for the, uh, for the U S. Oh, the U S. Okay. All right. Okay. So, oh no, sorry. No, this is yeah. Total growth in the U S. It's it's at number seven. This film took 60, 65, just under $66 million. Is it number seven for the it's year? It's number seven for the year. This is why. Yeah, I'm really sorry. Some of the films that we've covered are going to be in this. And does anyone want to, does anyone want to go what was number one? Lethal Weapon. I'm really, really sorry to break it to you. But yeah. Lethal Weapon, it it made more money than Lethal Weapon. It never did. It did. Wow. Lethal it Weapons. Never did. Lethal Weapons at number eight. 
Are you ready for it? I'll tell you number number nine. In fact, I'll give you a clue to the film. Uh, Jack Nicholson and three oh, women. Um, uh, I know. Three Swick. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. You can shout out. Um, Arnie in the Jungle. Arnie in the Jungle. Oh, Predator. Predator was at 10. Predator was at 10. See, Amanda I'm, knows her stuff. I'm going to go Dragnet at 11, La Bamba at 12, uh, Paul Hogan. Crocodile Dundee? Yep. It was more than Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, and you ready for this? You're not going to like this. Number 14 was Robocop. Number 15 was Outrageous Fortune, which had Shelley Long and Bette Midler in. That's That's forgettable. Number 16, Nobody Puts Baby in the Corner. Yeah, Are you sure about this? It's on Box Office Mojo. It's it's powered by IMDb. It's right there. What year was it? 1987. I think those types of films, you know, like Dirty Dancing, they've got longevity, haven't they? Oh, so they've that, made more money than Stakeouts ever made. They've made far, far more money than in yeah. the first year of release ever. Yeah. Living Daylight. It even beat the Snow White and Seven Dwarfs at 18. That made forty, just under $47 million for a re-release. Good Lord. I, I mean, it does have something a lot to do with the theatres because number the top, uh, the, the ones above Stakeout, um, so in in reverse order, number six, Michael J. Fox and Helen Slater in the city. There's your there's your clue. That's crazy. No, what is that? The secret of my success, which oh, we will do at some point. I haven't seen that. Number five, uh, number five, Ted Danson, Steve Guttenberg, and Tom Selleck. Oh, um, it's about the baby thing. Three men and a baby. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, hundred and sixty-seven million dollars that took uh, to total gross. Number four, um, you bring he brings a you bring a knife. He, no, he has a knife. You bring a gun. That's the Chicago way. It's not good, fellas. No, we've watched it. Untouchables. Thank you, thank you, oh, Joe. Uh... Number three. Uh, bathroom scene at the end, bathtub. That's it. That's your only clue. Fatal attraction. Thank you. Look at that. I need one word to do fatal attraction. Um, okay, number two. Let's go for one word. Um, Vietnam platoon. Yes, look how good Amanda is. Damn, it's, it's all right. It's good. Well, I hope so. She's been doing this for two years, well, two and a half years. Um, <laughs> she's really good. Okay, number one. Oh, Billy, we've got to talk. That's tough. It's not. How about, can you do the heat is oh, done? Um, right. Oh, bit, oh, I was thinking. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Go on. You were there. Go on. But, 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 sheep impressions. Bear. Welcome to sheep impressions with, uh, uh no. Ro- Rosewood, Rosewood, Billy. Those are all tough. Tag it. I would just say. Uh, I don't know. Just say Beverly Hills Cop 2, then. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Billy's got an obsession with guns after the first Beverly Hills Cop. He's just got guns. Oh, of course. Yeah. Billy, uh-huh. we're going to talk. 
No, I, I mean, I will say I'm surprised about stakeout because that I would say this is the mere definition of rusted junk. You know, it's a for, for, forgettable, forgettable 80s movies that most people don't remember, yeah. you know, that that was actually out. It didn't age well. Right. And I don't think it was it aged well back then. I have no idea how it made that much money. No, back then. And beat, that, beat all those others. Yeah. They must have had a good marketing campaign. What Especially like, like when you say Richard Crocodile Jofus. Dundee. Like, yeah. um, what had he been in around about that time? Richard Dreyfus. Oh, about mm. the time? Um, well, I mean, he would have, well, obviously he would have had, we're kind of doing roll call there, but. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like what the draw is to go and see the film. Okay, well, the why don't we was go? Pretty crap. Why don't we go into let's 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 put this over. Let's have a marker. Let's have a segment. Let's do roll call then. Yeah. 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 All right. Then. Okay. Cool. Roll call. Roll call. So let's just continue from where we where we were. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what so, was the draw then? Who, who was doing Jaws, what? Jaws and closing. Jaws and close encounters. Um, obviously. Ooh. When was Close Encounters then? 17. Yeah, that was like no, that was like uh, over ten 18. years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's not going to be the okay. Draw. Around the around the time, Stand by Me. He was barely in it. He was just a narrator. <laughs> He's still in it. I'm trying to explain the draw. If he was doing something else, I, all I've got is movies. He did Tin Man with Danny DeVito. Tin Man. He did Nuts. Nuts. Nobody's seen those movies. I can guarantee you with Barbara United Streisand. States. What about Bob? But that was oh, I love that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I and do what about that. Emilio Estevez then? What was he doing? Oh, wait, let me, I, w- I want to uh, stick wait, with... Wait a minute. We've got to we've I gotta stick just move Richard on. Dreyfus. Well, let me just say one thing about Richard Dreyfus. I feel bad for him, but he's also a victim of his own arrogance, I think. He is arrogant. I, You're right. Well, he was... The whole cast in Jaws, the, the main three are just amazing. I, I don't think... It's hard to find three people like that maybe the good the bad and the ugly but it, there's three just amigos mm, <laughs> I, I don't know if i would put that up there <laughs> if it is it's a distant third i would say but they were fantastic you. what all right okay my little buttercup <laughs> that's Come not on, happening. that works okay. all right okay yeah no all but right. but he he was great and i i think and charles you Charles. sorry charles charles charlie Oh, we're, doing, we're going down that road again, are we, Joe? Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. Charles. Um, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but he was <laughs> asked to come back for Joyce too, and he refused, right? Yes. And I've got a bone to pick with him on that. Me too. Yeah. Uh, do you have the, uh, the? oh, I've forgotten, it was 2010 film. Have you got that in your oil list to discuss, where he repeats the role of Matt Hooper? Oh, no, I don't. Oh, right. I, I I haven't forgiven him since then. So we'll get to that in a moment. Fun fact, he turned he, he didn't want to do Jaws, uh, but he went to the cinema to see a film he'd made called The Apprenticeship of Judy Kravitz. I always remember saying, him, saying this, and he went, it was the worst performance I'd ever seen. And so I needed a hit, and I needed something to go into that I could be proud of. Uh, and that's why he joined... That's why I joined the cast of Jaws. He was arrogant on the set. He was bullied by um, Robert Shaw, but only because Robert Shaw pretty much stayed in character the entire time. Um, and when he wasn't in character, 
Robert Shaw was pretty much Quint anyway. Um, uh, you know, and obviously he, you know, from Russia with love, you know, but he's kind of like a, not abrasive. I'm sure, I'm sure he's abrasive, but fair kind of guy. You then got Close Encounters, Stand By Me, all the films that we mentioned. What about Bob? We've got um, Another Stakeout, Good Lord, No. Um, he's good in The American President, where he plays the, uh, the Republican candidate. Um, that's kind of like stalking Michael Douglas. I kind of like that. I really liked him in a film called Mr. Holland's Opus. Uh, he was also in Poseidon, the remake of his Poseidon Adventure. But here's the thing he's not going to be forgiven for. Piranha, 3DD. And that was the name. That was the name. Wow. Yeah. And because it was in 3D and everyone was getting their breasts out, he says. Right? Because it was at a sorority. It was like a like a pool party. It was like beach and all this sort of thing. And Piranha's just, you know, go through it. Right at the start of the film, Richard Dreyfus is sat in his cap with a, with on a fishing boat and he's Matt Hooper. And he starts going, show me the way to go home. And I'm oh, like, wow. you, whoa, you're joking. Where are you going with this? I remember being, before it even happened, I was kind of like, this better be respectful, good, epic, whatever. No, the piranhas make a swirl in the middle of the river. The boat gets in and with a, with a, um, a sort of CGI'd Richard Dreyfus, because he's obviously not in the boat. Falls in and the piranhas rip into pieces. A oh, short lived then. And I went, that's not how Matt Hooper dies. Right. So that's not necessarily it's not Matt Hooper. Canon. It's not ca- No, but it's, it's, it's Matt Hooper. He's dressed as Matt Hooper. He's singing the song from, from, Does it say from the, the credits. It's a good question, Joe. Yeah. Well, you well, didn't stay for the credits. I you guess. might just say man in boat. Yeah, probably. Um, no, I mean, I think that's wrong, but I think Hollywood, well, he kind of screwed his own career, but I think Hollywood helped with it too, because he was a good actor. Like, again, when you watch Jaws, I can't tell you who is the best actor in that movie because the three of them are so good. Roy Scheider. You think it's Roy Scheider? It's tough. It it really is really tough for me. Although I might agree with you there, but they're, they're both so good. Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfuss, it's very difficult. But anyway, he, he is such a good actor. And I would say even with Close Encounters, you know, he was pretty decent. But for some reason, he's an actor that has good comic timing. And they tried to make him more of a comedian than a serious actor. Although you do mention Mr. Holland's opus, which I believe he plays that as straight and all that. Yes. Um, I, I think he needed more of that in his career. And he did a lot of goofy stuff or he was a, a straight man to a comedian. And it's just sad the way his career went off the rails. Cause I, I think he could have been one of the really good ones. Hmm. And there were times during this movie, I felt that he did do a good job. And I did feel that there was some chemistry between him and Madeline Stowe. Uh, and for me, that was the best part of the movie. Okay. Um, what's kind of interesting is I'm watching this movie. I'm like, I know you're going to think I'm crazy for saying this, but I think at times he reminded me of Paul Newman, you know, the way he had it. Okay, I can see. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. His hair, his hair and, and his, uh, his eyes. And it was kind of weird. I I don't know if they did that intentionally or not, Right, but, um, 
I was like, yeah, you know, I know there was a, a big age difference, but I, I could kind of see her falling for him. Hmm. Um, but I, I think that that was the, the part of the movie that saved me. Although, you know, when he does goofy stuff, like the whole fish thing, I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. This is embarrassing. Uh, just really, really sad. And the slow motion, there, there's a little too much of that slow motion. Oh, going on. No, God, dreadful. That, that, yeah. that bit is. Um, he plays Matt in the credits. All right, so then he's not. He's Matt. He's not him. Well, it's Matt. I don't know how much uh, how much to, but signage you want towards it. They they think that that's canon. It's not canon. If Steven Spielberg says it's canon, then yeah, it is. But I don't you you know resurrect whoever you want. It's fine. It's not happening. Um. So yeah, let's pretend that doesn't exist. What did you like? Do you like Richard Dreyfus in this, Amanda? <laughs> that's, just, that's a heavy sigh no I just couldn't get past the moustaches on either of them Emilio Estef has his moustache yeah what was that it's like a little face just, squirrel if you can't uh, dear listeners and I'm, I'm going to say listeners at this point you won't see but Joe is like a coiled spring waiting to wait for oh, yeah. Emilio Estevez to be mentioned <laughs> so yeah okay See, the, yeah. every time you mention so, it, Amanda, seriously, he's going to get, it's just going to get wound up even more. Okay. Well, am I saying it wrong then or something? No, 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 not at all. You you oh. mentioned, every time you mention Emilio Estevez's name, Estevez or Estevez. It doesn't matter. <laughs> just, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Emilio. <laughs> yeah. Um, the guy from The Breakfast. Yeah. Time. Richard. His character is okay, but, mm. oh, yeah. I just thought he was some kind of really... Of just some old pervert in a <laughs> cop job, really. Right. That's, okay. That was my summary of him being a bit lechy. Oh, he was. It was just almost and like jeopardize, jeopardizing everything just so we could look at her in the shower. Yeah. Mm. That 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 scene. It, just uh, what that that scene should just have a big, big flashing yellow Y <laughs> all the way through it. Why is this bit happening? But that's a sign of the times. Like I, I was talking to my friend uh, back in the day when they had <laughs> wrestling, like the WWF back then. Mm. They used to have bra and panty matches on. That was like the most uh, highlighted part of the show, like the most watched part of the show. Or, you know, they would have pillow fights, uh, lingerie costume or shows, tournaments. And, Do you have uh, uh, mud wrestling like in Stripes? Yeah, they would have mud wrestling, jello wrestling. <laughs> and no one had a problem with it back then. You didn't see anybody protesting outside of the WWF offices or anything like that. But right. the times have changed back then. But that was well, you know, you from all the 80s movies that you've mm. seen, yeah, yeah. Like Porkies and uh whatever. I know Animal House was the 70s, but you know, like well, like the whole college things, it was all about getting laid and yeah. you know uh not really studying studying at the very end yeah. <laughs> but mostly partying and seeing girls boobs and yeah well it's a bit like that in um american pie and the sort of spin-offs as well isn't it like that in the in the 90s and they were lucky they got away with it back then yeah yeah, yeah. they were just probably the last probably just after the last <laughs> american pie was just about the time it, it started and that's it they, they i will yeah. say 
I was going to say, I, I kind of had a problem believing that Richard Dreyfus was a cop. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. He was more convincing as a telephone man. As a tell. Yeah, it's true. I agree with you there. <laughs> he did a good job as a telephone man. Um, but when he's in the chief's office and he's like, I don't want to do a stakeout. It's like, come on, dude. <laughs> you don't belong in that office at all. Yeah. 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 You needed the um, you needed the police chief from Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what you needed. So yeah, that was Richard. Uh, um, uh, speaking so. of unconvincing, Joe, uh, there's another actor uh, that's uh, his foil in this. Um, Emilio Estevez. I know you rate him very highly. So um, do you want to take the floor? Yeah, there were times like when I think when I die, I really hope I make it to heaven. And I'm going to ask like a lot of questions to God or whoever is in charge of information up there. You know, kind of like, did Hitler die in the bunker or did he move to South America? You know, did he survive? You know, like if I would have gone into this shop one day and bought a scratch off ticket, might have won a million dollars. But I think one of my questions is going to be, is Emilio Estevez the worst actor that has ever graced the screen? Because by God, he is the worst actor that has ever graced the screen. He's horrible. He's He's got a blank expression in every single movie he's in. You know, a gape mouth. He's monotone. Every single word that comes out of his mouth is in one tone. He, you know, he just looks like he's doesn't know why he's there in every movie he's in. I won't say he ruined the breakfast club, but he was by far the worst actor in that movie. He's only gotten where he is because of his father's name. And I will say this after seeing Stakeout, none of the Sheens deserve any kind of credit whatsoever. They all suck. They, they're they all just a horrible acting family. <laughs> every single one of them. He's the worst, though. It's I just feel sad. like you're just taking your... your, your- your gloves off. And gloves gloves well and truly off. Yeah. <laughs> the world would be a better place if Martin Sheen was never born. I'll we'll <gasps> just say that. My goodness. Oh, I guess <laughs> feels like uh, we're going to need some more FBI guys. We can't cover any Sheen films. Well, we can, but we can't just involve Joe. Uh, just, just, just wow. checking my notes. Wait a minute. What we can, can't, can't, can't do in the eighties. Oh, Joe. So when we do the Outsiders and Repo Man and St. Elmo's Fire, you don't want to. You, you're, you're quite welcome to come along, but I saw he, the Outsiders. Oh, Charlie Sheen was in that one. Uh, yeah, it's got um, Matt Dillon and Timothy Hutton. He gets by on his looks in every movie he's in. Even uh, okay, in that well, wait, Two wait, and a Half Men. Can I? I know you're going to bring up Wall Street. No, no. Well, you're talking about Charlie Sheen there. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm going to mention Men at Work. I love them. They, they, they. they I like, wouldn't even dare see. They that played movie. garbage. Uh, you know, um, what do you call it? Dustbin men, as we call them over here. You call them trash collectors or something. I don't know. Garbage Whatever. men. Garbage men. Um, and yeah, they find a dead body in there, and it's all funny. And I love Men at Work. I really do. But it's 1990, well, so we d- we can't. I don't think we can do it. Damn it! it. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just got it. Joe, okay, Repo Man. Repo Man is considered one of the greatest cult classics of all time. I've never seen it. Who's in it? I've never heard of it. Uh, Emilio Estevez, directed (laughs) by um, Alex Cox. Very, very weird director, sort of David Lynch style. I can't imagine that being any good. It's supposed to be amazing, but, you know. 
I was about to watch St. Elmo's Fire, and then I saw who the lead actor was, and I was like, "He's not the lead actor in it. He's the worst in St. Elmo's Fire." And IMDb, he's the first one to come up, and I don't know if it's alphabetical, but I am assuming. I don't know. It's I don't think it's alphabetical because the restaurant, his performance, and Andy McDowell. I mean, Andy McDowell in anything usually is the worst actor in anything, but no, Emilio Estevez. Both of them are are rock bottom. Their storyline in St. Elmo's Fire is just not wanted, which is a shame because the rest of St. Elmo's Fire is pretty good. It's very 80s. It's very good. But you got this. He had St. Elmo's Fire in the same year that he played Breakfast Club. So he's sitting in an attention hall and and here he's just gone through college and he's uh college and he's, you know, he's um working as a waiter. Did he have a, a, a stick on tash for that then to make him look Not in that? no, not in that, no. But in this film he did. He did, but can 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 I at least have a little bit of case of the defense? Can we have young guns? No, never seen it because okay, partly because he was in it. <laughs> okay, so your your hatred of Emilio Estevez is, is based. I always on watching, disliked him. It's just based on not watching anything that he's in. It's like I might as well go watch a high school play if I'm going to go see oh, Emilio Estevez movie. I don't care if who was in Young Guns, it, Tom Cruise and oh no, Kiefer no, Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. Oh no, you're talking Casey it's got the guy from La Bamba in it. Isn't uh, it? Lou Diamond Phillips. That's it. Um, yeah, that's a pass for me. And Charlie, is Charlie Sheen? I can't. I think Charlie Sheen is in it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Young Guns, Young Guns too. I've met at work. Coach Bombay from the Mighty Ducks. Come on, Joe, give me a little bit. Well, I'll tell you why, because basically he probably was a hockey player and he probably got his his brain smashed against the board a couple of times. So he played the perfect role, like a brain dead, emotionless jerk, basically is what he was. <laughs> you know, again, he's very monotone. He's got a blank expression throughout the whole movie. He's got 0.0 range when it comes to acting. But the Breakfast Club show, so you, you, you're not totally right. You, you 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 may be right on the whole, but while Men at Work and the Breakfast Club still exist, then, yeah. Right. The Young okay. Guns movie, Emilio Estevez, Kiefer Sutherland, yeah. Lou Diamond Phillips, Charlie Sheen, Dermot Mulroney, yeah. and Casey's... Samasco. That's the one. Yeah. Well done. Uh, right, well, let's get as far away from Emilio Estevez as we can then. Does like Emilio Estevez uh, oh. die within the first five minutes of the movie? Because maybe I'd watch it then. <laughs> which, which, <laughs> which one? Young Guns. Any, any of his movies that he did. Oh, well, considering, considering he was in Young Guns 2, I think I can kind of spoil Probably that for you, Oh, well, that sucks. Maybe he, he plays his twin brother, which would be Ra- so difficult Ra- for him. Ramon from Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right, come on. We need to Madeline Stowe. Right, Madeline yeah. Stowe. What else she was... has she been in? Then, uh, do you she... know what? Nothing. She was in. Uh... She was in Unlawful Entry. She was in Revenge with Kevin Costner. She was in Last of the Mohicans. Yeah, Last of the Mohicans. Oh yes, that's where I remember. That's it. That's it. Do you want? Sorry. Un... Did you say Unlawful Entry? Yes. <laughs> yeah, with Ray Liotta. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, oh, that that tickles. Yeah, here she goes. There's always one. There's always a couple every season. We would do another. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I guess they didn't want to call it breaking in. <laughs> I thought she was hot in this. 
I think that again, that's one of those things. Like, if you got an attractive woman in there, and there are shower scenes, mm. uh, I'm okay. You know, you know, you have my attention. <laughs> You'd have been under the bed then, would you? Watching that, like, you know, actually. No, I probably would have been peeing my pants because I know she would have caught me at some point, and <laughs> I would have been in jail. Although, if I was a cop, I probably would have gotten away. But who knows? No, maybe they would have fired me. Because it's like, what are you doing in a woman's room under her bed while she's taking a shower? Yeah, well, I want to know. Watching her from over the road. Yeah. Yeah. Was that her body though, or was that a body double? Oh, they're all body doubles in the eighties. Right. The then I'm not impressed if that's the case. I but don't she... know. She showed her boobs, didn't she, in some of the sex scenes? Well, I'm talking when I saw her butt. She looked pretty good. <laughs> so if that was a body double. Nice body uh, double. Yeah. If, if it was just a movie about her going in the shower, it would have got close to a 10 out of 10. You see, now <laughs> okay, I'm getting a little bit uh, perfed out right. by you, Joe. This is I'm sorry. not the behavior I was expecting at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. But no, I'm, this is my 80s thinking. You know? uh, have, oh, right, okay. We, we have a code of etiquette joke. here on the podcast. My Joe, 80s isn't? inner child has uh, <laughs> come out. <laughs> that sounds even worse. Let's just get that yeah <laughs> let's let's move on let's move on to somebody another one that you look at and go aiden quinn yeah he was in like um does he play uh, her love her previous yeah, love the, interest the, the, the guy that breaks, breaks out, out prison and start yeah right yeah he has been in stuff go on do you want to do it i got one legends of the fall right legends of the fall he was in desperately seeking susan where oh, he played that's it, he yeah. played he played des Des. D-E-Z. Des. Des? Yeah. Uh, he's with Johnny Depp in Benny and June. Yeah. I haven't seen that. Uh, and this is where I'm going to hand over to you, Joe, because I've got no idea. He was in Prime Suspect USA and also in every single episode of Elementary. Is that right. the... Was it called Prime Suspect USA? Prime Suspect USA, yeah. Yeah, because we had the UK one with yeah. Helen Mirren. Oh, we we no. didn't call us Prime Suspect it. UK. No, that's no, okay. Prime Suspects. Everyone else uses It's like Narcos. <laughs> you copied it, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You, well, at least they gave yeah. credit. You know, they they tried to imply that there was another one. Um, no, I think it, he's a good. I think he's a good actor, though. Like he's and I, 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 you think he's dreadful? He's dreadful. What's it? It's it's I, just. Oh. I liked him in Legends of the Fall. Right. Um, speaking of monotone. And I know I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for this. Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, I agree there. He I don't didn't understand. really do a lot in this movie, though, did he? If I read out the films, and usually we have a discussion and we can have a discussion about, but if I read them out to you, in your head, for the ones that you have seen, just have an idea about the character, because there's a point to be made here. Platoon, Good Morning Vietnam, Bloodsport. Don't forget, he was one of the cops that, that, that was chasing him. Or couldn't find out that he'd just go to the hotel that he's staying at. But anyway, we'll go to that. Bird, Rage in Harlem, Last King of Scotland. And then more recently, Rogue One, where he played Saul Guerrero and Zuri in Black Panther. Take those early 80s films and you go, he pretty much plays himself. He pretty much plays the same character in every film. Now, I don't think he's got, I don't know, I'm going to get slaughtered for this, but I don't think he's got a lot of range. Oh, I agree with you. It's right. a bit like um, uh, you're gonna hate me for this. Um, 
the, the guy out of Ghostbusters. Which one? Um, oh, Ernie Hudson? No, no. The um, He was in the... Um, Rick Moranis? No, the other one. Oh, let's go through them all right, Joe. We'll Ghost- take it in turns if you want. Dan <laughs> Aykroyd? No, the other one. Harold Ramis? <laughs> Bill Murray? That's it. Bill, oh, Murray. Bill Murray. You took that long to get to Bill Murray. not have range either. Bill Murray does not have range. This but podcast he's got style. He's got this class. podcast exactly. Yeah, he just this podcast the same is going to be over. Well, I've right, said it before. Right. I know, but that shall not take the Murray name in vain. Well, he just doesn't have range either. Uh, Amanda has a point. He does play the same character in almost every movie. It doesn't. But we love that character, though. It doesn't. Um. I getting back to Forrest Whitaker though. No, I agree 100 percent with you, Charlie. I never understood his career. I think he won an Oscar. And he I'm did like, for the Last King of Scotland. And I think he was nominated for Bird too. And yeah. I've I've never seen either one of those movies. So it's, I saw Bird. It was all right. Yeah. yeah. It, it's tough for me to judge and all that, but I think he's awful. I, I've never liked him in anything. And he gets so much respect. I just don't get it. And he's got a lazy eye too. Which for an actor, it, it's kind of weird. They always kind of bust on him for that. Hmm. But yeah, as soon as I seen him in that, I was like, well, let's see how good you are in this movie. You know, yeah. every other movie I've seen, you suck. Didn't didn't change my opinion of him after I'd seen Stakeout. Was he in Stakeout right. too? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> okay. I don't think I don't. Well. Do you know what happened? Do you, do you know what the, the proviso is? Madeline Stowe, he has to pretend he's going through, this is his second wife. In reality, he's going through a divorce with Madeline Stowe. That's the, that, that's the hook in the film. It's because she wants to get married and he doesn't. And, oh, you know, uh, Aiden and Quinn? I, no, 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 no. Well, Aiden Quinn's dead in another stakeout. Oh, another uh, stakeout. Yeah, another stakeout. Oh, Madeline Stowe's back. Okay. Oh back for blink and you miss her um she's basically there just to say we're gonna get a divorce and so he's like right okay so you swap madeline stowe for rosie o'donnell and think this is gonna be a better film uh do you know what happened again with another stakeout do you know what it's global do you know how 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 uh uh how much it took to to what year was it 1993 he says from memory it's like six years later, I believe. So that's a pretty long time for a sequel like that. It can't have been in the top ten. Well, it cost thirty million dollars to make. They can't have made that. It much. made twenty-eight and a half million yeah. back. There we go then. And they probably back then they're like, we can't blame Rosie. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was that Dreyfus and that dumb Emilio yeah. Estevez. <laughs> <laughs> Did he take his uh, false moustache with him for the second movie? Uh, no, because uh, I remember showing you the trailer immediately afterwards. Oh, because I, I saw that you were huffing and puffing, and he's yeah, he plays he has he has to play Rosie O'Donnell and Richard Jefferson's kid, so he has to shave it off, has to shave oh, the mustache off. Yeah, wrong, isn't it? Really? You, you you know, Joe, that you're going to get curious about it. So no, know. I am going to watch the trailer. Just thinking that right. he came out of Rosie O'Donnell, I think well, that's comedy might, right there. You, you <laughs> might end up just but curiously, get curiously just. Looking at uh, another stakeout, watching it, 
<laughs> Actually, no, I can't do that. Uh, the, the, the film got panned, by the way, and Rotten Tomatoes. It was seven. The, the sequel was 19, 16%. I'm oh honestly God. surprised it wasn't a TV series. Uh, I think they did make a TV series, if I remember, but not with them in it. Um, anyway, I haven't got much trivia. So, you know, we have got a little bit of the time um, to go into it. The story, we don't need to labour the story. Prison break, Aidan Quinn gets out. Madeline Stowe's pictures on the wall. Uh, he breaks out. They stake out her her place. Um, Richard Dreyfus ends up falling in love with her. Guy turns up at the end. Big scene at the end. I, have I missed anything out? No. No. That's pretty much it. Right, okay. I actually wanted a job like that. You know, after seeing this movie, it's like, man, you just basically sit, you have a camera and you get to eat pizza all night. And then like you can sleep while your partner stays awake. That's but you've got a bad job. That must be the most boring job in the world. Yeah. But that leaves it open to go and do cool things during the day. Not like sleep. Well, sleep. <laughs> yeah. You've got to, you've got to fit that <laughs> in at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you sleep on the job because one you of them do not sleep on the job. No, one of them sleeps while the other one, you know, ends up taking pictures. I, I will looks... say, there's a lot of times where they're not watching the house. They're not watching the house at all. Are no, they? but there's times when they're like, oh, you know, nobody's watching. It's almost like who's who's driving this thing? It feels like John Candy in Plain Strange Automobiles. He wakes, he wakes up, <laughs> and basically, you know, it's who's driving this? Nobody. Um, the thing that one of the things that annoyed me a lot was, you know, where like they have this relationship and um, it's the first night he stays, and then like he he sits bottle up and says, "Oh my god, what time is it? It's half past seven. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god!" And then like he he sort of creeps around under the windows, doesn't he, and and gets dressed, and then he says, "Oh, have you got a hat?" Because I'm uh, allergic to the sun or whatever. So he puts oh, we on are this, skipping all like, over the place. Okay. Well, all I right. know, but yeah, yeah, that's I fine. Realized, um, puts his hat on. He goes out the front door. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> and it's like, but you escaped out the back when you were checking all of, uh, um, the contents of her drawers. And I don't mean knickers. I mean, actually, <laughs> her drawers, chest of drawers. And um, escape out the back window. Why did you not just escape out the back window again? And then, like, go the opposite direction, go all the way around in order to get to your post. Yeah. Why are they watching the back of the house? I don't see what the big deal was with him trying to hide the fact. Because he was the phone man, and he basically could have said, look, guys, I infiltrated the situation, and now she trusts me, and she invited me over for dinner. And I would think they would say, that's great. You know, you can get more information from her that way. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um the prison break, the guards were useless. Why yeah. did the fight have to be that convincing at the start? I've no idea. All it needs is a couple of couple of rattles. They're, they're beating seven shades out of each other. And then then he then he pulls a knife. And you know, the, the the guards that get you know killed, nobody thinks about blood splatter. There's no thing about forensics. No. The guy's got to then convince and get out of the, the, the prison. And if he's covered in blood, that's somebody's going to ask a couple of questions. Well, one of the things that annoyed me, I remember I spoke to you about it straight mm-hmm. away, didn't I? Just at the start of the movie where he's going to the prison in the um, delivery van and he's like 
driving and trying to put the bullets in the gun whilst he's driving. And I said to I you, yeah. he'd have done that before he'd even set off. <laughs> why, why was he doing it then? Well, maybe he, he ran, driving? Maybe he realized he didn't have bullets and he had to stop off and buy bullets. <laughs> but to pull over, Joe, you know, where it's safe to do so and, and put the bullets in the gun. Well, he was under time, you know. But, but the, the most surprising thing is, Madeline Stowe's photo is on his prison wall. Cut to the police chief going, we've got a list of targets. Don't worry, the FBI are going to look after the more important ones. But you get Madeline Stowe. And I'm going, I don't know who's more important than Madeline Stowe. She should be at the top of the list, followed by mm-hmm. his mom, followed by his business, you know, business partner or whatever, or his partner in crime or something. Those are the top three. And the FBI going, oh, don't worry, we're watching the top targets. You just take this, you know, Take, take the woman that's on his wall and he's been looking at and he's, you know, we think he's hidden money in the house. Yeah, you take you take her. What? Mm. Very strange. And don't do anything, just call us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. <laughs> 20, uh, I'll, you, I'll put here 20 minutes in. Is this supposed to be a comedy? <laughs> it's just, well. <laughs> 20 minutes and you still didn't know. 20 minutes i'm like i don't know if it's a comment i don't know what it wants to be oh god does it want to be that sort of hard-hitting can i just remind everyone i know sorry this beat lethal weapon right mm. you know when you talk about go to heaven that'll be one of my questions how can how can this beat crocodile dundee and lethal weapon <laughs> well he yeah, might say i think what you've got to remember is lethal weapon that was the the first time that movie was sort of made though wasn't it so it wasn't like lethal weapon 2 where you knew what was coming because like it set up the relationships for the first yeah, it was movie. the same mistake out i don't know because again living here i remember lethal weapon being very big at the box office i remember crocodile dundee being huge at the box office mm. stakeout don't remember crap about that movie mm. i thought that came and went yeah well, it certainly is on this podcast. It's we, we'll we'll get you know we'll get to the end. It's fine. Then we will we shall never talk about stakeout again until Joe went, feel- until Joe goes and watches the trailer and goes, I can't believe that trailer and starts messaging me. One of the other things about how nonsensical this was was um, the fact that they were opposite her house. Um, and obviously the, the house was in a state of ruin anyway. So and how did they get that house? That's very well, lucky, isn't it? Very lucky. It is very lucky. Obviously, they knew somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody. Um, or they just broke in. Um, <laughs> they knew there was nobody there, which is probably the, the case. Um, what, I, what I wanted to just mention was um, I was really cross because if they're supposed to be staking out, right, you're supposed to be a bit quiet, aren't you? Oh my god! Clearly not in this movie because they've got a dog that was barking. They were mucking about in there, you know, with the pranks and stuff, um, shouting, everything basically. And then surely people would have seen the activity with them parking up and then going in the back of the house anyway because it'd be like, oh, that house. Oh, look, Jeff, that house has been occupied. Do you know what I mean? Come on. Oh, the old rundown Ridiculous. ramshackle ramshackle house that nobody yeah. wants oh, to buy. Yeah, oh, there's men in suits. Men in suits going into the back there, Jeff. Yeah. 
What's that again? What's going on in that house? Taking camera equipment and recording stuff. And do you think that they're the police? Seriously. Yeah, and then like the chase when they think they've caught Bill coming out of the house, (laughs) and you're like that. And and again, it's the classic '80s cop car chase, smash into things, bump into things, really hard to control cars in the '80s. Cop cars got a hard time in films of the '80s. Just, it is. just terrible. And then, like, you know, it's supposed to be funny, the fact that he's trying to run away from the, the people he's <laughs> in the stakeout with, but it actually isn't funny at all because they've just taken all the fun out of it. Um, minor annoyances again. Emilio Estevez on the phone to his wife. He tells her the address that he's at. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's on the cop's phone, isn't he? He's on the actual phone that they're supposed to be using to record. I just like to know what idiot would marry that guy. <laughs> I mean, in real life, too, is he married? Uh, yes, be. I believe so. Let me have a he look. might as well be married to a lamp. <laughs> I can't imagine stimulating conversations at that house. Oh, oh, he's a, he's an activist now, isn't he? Oh, he's an activist. <laughs> I, I believe so. Wait a minute. As long as he doesn't have to put two words together at once. Oh, my goodness. You really wow. don't like him at all. I don't wow. like him. No, I don't. I wow. just annoys me how some people have careers and can actually even say, oh, do you know that actor? Amelia Estevez? No, he's not an actor. <laughs> oh, another thing as well. When Richard oh, Dreyfuss oh, is. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, say, oh, oh God, wrong. no, this wait. is Stop the Press stuff. No, but, okay, wait, go on. Wait. When he's when he's pretending to be the phone line man, obviously her phone gets cut, and then he's immediately immediately at the door, and she actually makes a comment about the fact, "God, you were really quick." Surely a penny would have dropped at that point, <laughs> and then she doesn't even ask him for any ID to actually confirm he's who he say he is. It just it's well, unlike Joe Rogan, I don't have a separate. A separate uh, monitor in order to bring up the web page to to back up the claim, so I won't be able to see Joe's reaction or yours, Amanda. In this case, go on then. What in the early eighties, Emilio Estevez dated actress Mimi Rogers. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, okay, Who's Mimi Rogers. Uh, I'm not a fan of hers either. Uh, wasn't she married to? Wasn't she dating Tom Cruise for a while? Yeah, I think she was married to Tom Cruise. Married, yeah, first wife. Uh, Mimi Rogers. He was involved off and on with Kerry Sully, who was a uh, model. They have a son, Taylor Levi Estevez, and a daughter, Paloma Ray Estevez. Um, Paloma? Paloma. <laughs> um, she, it, in Estevez and Sally did not issue a press release announcing either of their children's birth, and the relationships overlapped with Estevez's high-profile engagement to Demi Moore who he was with intermittently from 1984 to 1986. I did not know that. I'm coming back to see the reaction because that's just, that just changes St. Elmo's fire completely. But okay. I've not, I've saved the best till last. They divorced. So they married in, in 1992. They divorced in May, 1994 with Abdul stating that she wanted children, but Estevez didn't because he already had to. Um, he wanted so, to focus more on his acting career. <laughs> um, 
that's the best stated. So, so basically, Demi, Mimi Rogers, model, Demi Moore, and then marrying Paul Abdul. Oh, he married Paul Abdul? Yeah. <laughs> well, again, I, I just can't imagine stimulating conversations at that, that kitchen table. <laughs> well, there you go. It's just, yeah. I wrote down here, Leary Men, by the way, getting back to the film. Um, uh, so, you know, I mean, the bug in the phone thing, it's just, it's just, you know, very 80s, very, you know, mm. of what it is. But you're right. That, that scene annoyed me. Get out the house. You've done your job. Mm. Get out the house. No, I'm going to jeopardize this by going, going to go. Ugh. And leer all over her, and I'm like, "Why would you do? Why would you do that? You know you've been watched. You know that what's going on, right?" And he's just like saying, "Get out of the house." So he wants to blow the whole operation just because he wants to see her naked. And I don't know, Joe. That's probably a rationale <laughs> that you would uh, you go. No, I think it's rationale because back in the '80s, people or teens thought that was cool, you know, to be pervy and all that. That's why movies like Porky's was so popular back then. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying I agree with, although, you know, I, I thought she looked very nice, you know, but I would have gotten out of the house too. Yeah. And then you have the supermarket scene where he bumps into her. Oh. Right. And then she invites him back to the house. She invites him back She's to the house. Puncture. I'm not surprised if he didn't puncture a tire, to be honest. I think it's the feeling I thought that. that he did. Yeah. I think that he did. Right. I don't think he did. Yeah. I don't think he did stuck. either. Uh, he was a bit stuck thinking, oh, uh, that's not going to work well because I've got to take her back and then she'll invite me in and I'm supposed to be on patrol or whatever. Yeah, but th- there's almost like the film has forgotten at this point. Sorry, sorry, can I remind everyone? Aidan Quinn is on his way to the house. Right, it's only a matter of time and you're behaving like this is some kind of like, oh, when Harry met Sally. And, Romantic oh, it's comedy, and I'm like, yeah. No, yeah. no, no. A killer, a confirmed killer who's just been stabbed to get out of prison is coming mm. here for his money, which admittedly she doesn't know anything about, but mm. he's he, he's literally going to be on the way. I wouldn't have any time for uh, for Jiggy Jiggy, as they would say, because uh, he'd, he'd, uh, he'd get caught in the act. Well, none of those movies really make sense. Like once he opened up the, the chair and he got the money, he should have killed all of them, you know, and just left. <laughs> and that would have been the Not end. with Emilio Estevez, yeah, Joe? I oh, know um, he wasn't there at that time. No, he wasn't there at that point. Uh, he was when he got the money. Oh, was he? At the chair, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, well, he should have called. I, I would have killed all of them, you know, uh, logically. I'm just saying, because it doesn't seem like he has a heart. He's like, well, you know, maybe I do love her, so I won't kill her. And maybe this guy is a good guy. You know, he's a he's a real bad guy. You know, he is a criminal, too. Mm. So he doesn't deserve to die. <laughs> just kill everybody. The guy, the guy, the guy in the house that's looking for Gail. Uh, which Richard Dreyfus ends up talking yeah, to and everything. About? Right. I was going. Who's Gail? Yeah. 
what what was that? It was like some some kind of thing inserted into the film that had no start, no middle, and no end, and no meaning as to who he was or why he was. All there. to do is to drive the story that Richard Dreyfus is handy and can get himself out, and she looks at him and smiles at him and goes, "Oh, coo, isn't he romantic?" and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, I've... "No, no, no, no! You can't just insert a character who's looking for another character we don't know about into somebody's house." I think they could have seen it for him staying over, wasn't it? Basically, because after that, they, they, oh, because they a really outdated tenor. They bonked, didn't they, that night? (laughs) (laughs) We're jiggy jiggy. We bonked. (laughs) I I think that was like like a victim of editing because I wouldn't be surprised. Like she had some aerobic class and one of her best friends was Gail and, you know, and she was telling how jealous her husband was. And they're like, mm. well, we need to cut that out. We need more Emilio Estevez, you know? Right. It's like, so we'll cut that part out. <laughs> oh, um, uh, it's probably a good time to mention that the music in this is dreadful. Yeah, it's not very okay. good. Well done then. Um, the thing oh. I, uh, the, the sort of final thing I really want to say about the film really was um, the end bit where they're, they're fighting um, with guns, they seem to have an endless supply of bullets that miss that, that end up missing anyway. Yeah, mm. so uh, that annoys me because you know, you oh, as yeah. a cop, how many bullets you've got and how many you've got left, and you've got to use them wisely, haven't you? You mm. can't just fritter them away. You know, I, I thought it was crazy that yeah, Aiden Quinn, how many bullets he did have. <laughs> yeah, where did he get that? Yeah, like he never reloaded. <laughs> no, and it's like because like at first I'm like I was counting the bullets. I was like, all right, he's out. No, he's not out. <laughs> you know, he's got. It's like Call of Duty Infinite bullets. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, if you get the right gun, Joe, you know, you just have a huge magazine, as they say. Um, well, I had Playboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Not that kind of magazine, then. Other other minor annoyance, oh, or maybe this one is actually major. So, they're partners, yeah. They've been partners for a while, yeah. Well, you're led to believe that. We, we, yeah. Well, let's just say they've been partners for six months. Okay, All right. Just fair, right? Emilio Estevez has at some point rung up Richard Dreyfus and said, "You coming into work today, or, or did I wait you?" Or, how you doing, buddy? Do you want a coffee and a donut? Because I'm going. And he's answered the phone and gone, oh, oh, I don't know. Uh, just a little bit drowsy. What time is it? All this sort of thing. The moment that recording of Richard Dreyfus is played, of him picking up the phone, Emilio Estevez should have gone, oh, my God, it's you. Mm. But yet nobody who's heard Richard Dreyfus's voice says a thing. They're all like, Oh, we need to get who this mystery person is. I'm like, it's him. It's it's the guy that you speak to every day. That you must know what your voice is, Joe. There's no way that if if I rang you in the morning, and admittedly, you know, like the early morning, that I would ever confuse you and go, "That's Joe." You know, I would, and I heard a recording. I just don't understand. There's there's loads of cops and detectives and people who detect things for a living, and nobody detects that. <laughs> like I said before, he should have just said, "Good news, I'm in bed with her right now," <laughs> you know. And I got so much information. 
Oh, uh, is there any is there any trivia? Oh, yeah, a bit, not much. Yeah, let's get to trivia. Can I just ask one thing? Right at the end, when it's exposed that they're all that he's been having this relationship, he should have been fired on the spot. Oh, he should have been suspended. Yeah, yeah, inappropriate. Didn't yeah. tell us. Tried to, tried to jeopardize an investigation. I'm sure that's a felony, Joe. Um, oh, uh, the rap sheet as long as your arm. Exactly. And it's like, you're out of here. Yeah, and then like, what's he going to do? Go up to a snogzer, and then they go off together. <laughs> yeah, just in case you're in any doubt. Just but, you, know, you know, yeah. If there was no sort of, you know, yeah. All right. Mm. I would have done it, but I would have been smarter about it. Uh, I didn't appreciate the joke, by the way. Uh, this is part is going into trivia time now. Wait, wait let's, let's do trivia. No, no, wait a minute. Yeah, okay, wait a minute. Here's trivia time. Right, I didn't appreciate the joke about uh, 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 oh, how self where are you two when you go? This is not a boat accident. Oh, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, even on the trivia, the trivia gets it wrong and says that Emilio Estevez said we're having a movie trivia concert on the set. Estevez asked Dreyfus to identify the movie line. This is no boating. Ac- this is no boating accident, which isn't the line. But you know, wh- wh- why care about like details as as you know? Was from Dreyfus didn't recognize the quote. Are you yeah. joking? Are you joking? Despite the fact that it was actually said it, George decided it was too good to pass up. They reenacted that scene for the film. There is no way, no way at all that Richard Dreyfus would forget saying one of his ultimate lines in Jaws. No way. No, I agree. I think uh, that's a made-up story. I think it's it, it reminds me, I'd seen William Shatner at a Star Trek convention. And so people from the audience had questions for him. And so somebody had asked, uh, what does the T stand for in James T. Kirk? And he's like, the T in James T. Kirk? I don't know. Timothy? <laughs> and uh, so everyone's it's like, good it's, it's Tiberius. <laughs> you know, like the fans are yelling, it's Tiberius? I didn't know that. He goes, I just don't watch Star Trek anymore. And it's like, give me a break. This guy <laughs> probably has like 10 TVs and they're probably all playing Star Trek. <laughs> you know, there's no way I would believe that he didn't know that his name was Tiberius. Like he probably mm-hmm. knows what kind of dumps he takes on the Enterprise. You know, it's like <laughs> I did just we, did has that always been the case? Because I thought they only revealed it. Um Chris Hemsworth, Thor himself. At the, uh, the opening scene of Star Trek, where um, Kirk's born, mm. and his dad, and he says, no, "We need to. What, what should we call? What should call? So, well, how about Tiberius? No, I, I, I forgot why they tricked Tiberius, but but that's when I thought people found out. Were you saying it was like canon? I was canon way before. Oh right, okay, right, okay. Um, so." Leonard Nimoy was going to be like Lethal Weapon. Leonard Nimoy, so now the the Star Trek connection was due to direct the film, but he went and said, "I don't want to do action." Um, he wasn't comfortable with it, so he did Three Men and a Baby instead. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. I, I know he did. I know he did Three Men and a Baby. What else did he do? I think he did another big film. I know he did two of the Star Trek movies. Uh, I don't think he came back on for. Sorry, I've got a cough. I don't think he came back on for Three Men and a Little Lady, uh, despite the fact that I think that's a pretty good 
it's a sequel that's better than the original, I think. Um, despite the fact that the English get lampooned a lot, but you know, we're used to that. Um, if I hear one person over here going, Hey, I'm walking here, right, and trying to do a New York accent, look, we do it to you, you do it to us, we, 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 we get your, your language wrong. Um, anyway. The screenplay for this movie won the Edgar Award for Best Motion Picture. And it was awarded to the guy who wrote the screenplay, Jim Koof, at the Edgar Allan Poe Awards in 1988. Explain it to me. I feel like Dennis, I feel like Dennis Leary. I feel like getting on my knees and thumping the ground and going, explain it to me, God. Explain it to me. There must have been some cash that transferred. Oh, has to be. Has to be. Well, this was a Disney movie. So I do think uh, even, touched, yeah, it's a, a branch of Disney touched that. Yeah. I would not be surprised that they were buying reviews and everything else. Cause look at the crap that they come out with now and they get nominated for Oscars. So I wouldn't be surprised if they bought something like that. I wouldn't be surprised if they, they ended up putting money into the box office in order for it to have reached number seven at the box office because I don't understand. No. I, I don't know anyone that saw that movie when I was growing up. Right. What certificate was it? Cause I didn't take that down. Probably uh, no. What, uh, yeah. Cause it's quite violent in places. I mean, the stabbing scene and the beating, yeah, the beating scene is quite violent. Well, you know what I wanted to mention too, hmm. it, when I was thinking that whole fish scene, when he's uh, fighting that guy, uh, at the fish market, mm-hmm. I was like, are they going to clean those fish now? You know, because there's blood in there. If you're thinking that, then you are truly not enjoying the film. <laughs> if you're if you're I wasn't. wondering about that. <laughs> I didn't stop to think about, you know, gaffes and stuff during Endgame. <laughs> and uh, in the, any Avengers film, in fact. Apparently Thor, I think I looked at my watch. No, Spider-Man, I looked at my watch. Batman, I couldn't stop looking at my watch. But it just made that film about eight hours long. Um, no, we'll never, we'll never watch again. Far, far Any more uh, trivia? I lost no, you. No. Okay. No. I got one. Oh, good, excellent. Is it about Emilio Estevez? No. Okay. No, Val Kilmer was supposed to be in it. He was supposed to play the Aiden Quinn part, and he pulled out. Oh, I don't. I don't yeah, think see. it would have changed the movie. To be honest. No. No, it would have been it would have been a much better movie if he played the Emilio Estevez part. It, that would you couldn't have Dreyfus and Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer would just show him up all the time. But it's still I would have believed that they had some sort of friendship. I can't believe Emilio Estevez has a friendship with anybody, let alone that he married Demi Moore and Mimi Rogers. It's like he must be drugging these people. <laughs> or, or, or he has um something quite impressive. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I guess so, but <laughs> you can always buy something in the store. Well, it might run in the family. I mean, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Sheen was always winning, winning. So he obviously had something. Yeah, Tiger's blood. <laughs> Tiger's blood. Charlie Sheen. Charlie. It's it's comes to something when you say that the the more talented brother is Charlie Sheen. But yeah. And yes, I'm going to make the case I, I, on another podcast where we discuss Charlie Sheen. Um, I'll make the case for it because he's he's good. The fresh face buddy character in Wall Street, yeah, he plays well. 
he's up against Michael Douglas. It's like one of the most iconic characters of the eighties movies. So anyway, that's it. It brings us to the end of season five. What a way to end. Well, yeah, (laughs) but we'll take a little break and by a little break, uh, we're just we've got some ideas on what we're going to do before we launch season five. So we're going to do have like a bit of fun with some stuff. We talked, I think we talked about on the podcast about rating the Bond intros, not the films, the Bond intros and the Bond songs. So we might do that because I think Dom wants to join us for that. So yeah, I think that'd be good. I don't know the format. Joe's got a format that he does called March Madness, where he takes them out of a hat and pits oh. them against each other. And then, you, yeah, and then you're going to make the hook. Yeah, there is a hat, isn't there? Yeah, there's a hat. Oh, no, it was, actually, it was a salad bowl. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we don't see it because you don't record on video anymore. Yeah. So we just have to imagine Fed, Federal was drawing them out, wasn't she? No, I was drawing them out and then putting them in front of the camera. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I like that. Yeah, well, we'll come up with something equally bizarre to, to draw it out of. Maybe, maybe this cap, who knows? We might finally take it off. Um, yeah. So season six, when it when it arrives, already know the first film. Uh, and it's sequels. The wonderful world of Oh, is that sequels. what we're doing? Yeah. I said that, didn't I? Well, yeah. Maybe we could just do something you, about you look, sequels. You look like we haven't talked about it, but okay. <laughs> no, that's cool. I, yeah. I am looking forward to that. Yeah. We're kicking off with Jaws 3 in 3D. Oh, are we? Yep. Finally. We managed Finally. to shoehorn that film, in. The film that started it all. You'll love that started. one, Amanda. <sighs> What do you mean? The started what all? The start of forgotten eighties movies, which turned into rusted junk. Jaws uh, three was the driver for that. Was it really? Oh, well, I've got some luck. Do you know what? I would I would advise if you're listening and you you refuse to watch on YouTube, fine, watch on YouTube because I've got some killer merch and and an old copy of Jaws three before they officially released it. It's such good. Oh, such a good story. It wasn't Leviathan. What? Wasn't Leviathan when it started Rusted Chunk? Yeah, it's the quote. Adam. No, no, no. What I'm saying is that the reason why I thought I'll have a website and call it Forgotten 80s Movies, the first film that I put on there, I set it up because I wanted to review oh, your Jaws 3. Oh, website that you did. Yes, yeah. I do remember that. So yeah. I started the website and then I said to Amanda on holiday, should we? Should I turn it into YouTube? And she goes, don't be stupid. You haven't got the face for YouTube. <laughs> Which is still lovely. I don't think I said that. You did say that. I, I remember. I remember Bean laughing. I remember Amy laughing, and she thought it was a <laughs> remarkably funny. I anyway, have said that. So yes, so it turned into the podcast. Rusty Junk, you're right. It's from Leviathan, but the, mm. I, we wouldn't be here. I know it sounds like an understatement. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Jaws Three. Okay. So yeah. I, I can guess Amanda's score right now, but if I do, I might influence her. So. Don't. No, 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 don't. Because look, we'll be watching it. Joe, Joe, we'll be watching it in wah, 3D. 3D. Stuff coming at you. Yeah, you know, proper 3D uh, as well. Uh, well. Can I make a prediction? No, because you might. Go on. No. Uh, off I'm off gonna air, say, maybe. Don't uh, say now. No, I won't give scores, but I'm going to predict that she's going to think Stakeout is better than Joe's 3. <laughs> Good. Look at you influencing the jury. I find you in contempt of court, Joe. Wow. <laughs> That's a big old statement, that. There's there's enough in Jaws 3 to make that 
statement untrue. Anyway, we'll see. We'll have to wait and see them, won't we? Right. Well, you're not coming to our Jaws 3, 3, 3D party then. All right. Well, it's fine. It's fine. No, fine. Once was enough for me. <laughs> see, he has watched it. So we didn't watch Stakeout, but watched Jaws 3. Hmm. Ah, see, Joe. Right. So it, 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 it's a try to attract you in. But I've seen Jaws 3. I mean, the, I watched it probably about two years ago right. for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was either that or Jaws the Revenge, and I don't think anyone really. I haven't seen that Jaws one yet. Them. You haven't, no, Joe. You have just, just, just for completeness' sake. I probably should, yeah. And just for Michael Caine swearing the one swear word that he says, um, I, I'll leave you. I'll leave it on this. We used to have a thing whereby on the video, I would, we would have what's called the swear awards every year. So as soon as I was able to take between two videos, we'd pull them out. Joe, you know, Joe Pesci and Goodfellas easily won 1991 when we could actually take it out stuff like that we had swear awards michael kane beat everything that that one year because of that one swear word that he says in jaws, oh, in jaws 4 he says it multiple it's perfect. times no no he says it once he doesn't say he doesn't say he doesn't swear any other time in it but there's something that happens and he says it and all i would say is don't watch the film just go and google the bit where he lands the plate i can't believe i'm saying this he lands the plane next to the boat that Ellen Brody has stolen because she wants to harp spike uh, Jaws, <laughs> the, the, the shark, with the 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 what's the bit on the front of a boat called the the wow oh. no it's the the pole on the front of a boat. She her her plan is if you can get this is to steer the boat into the shark, despite the fact that this thing is ten foot up. Yeah, don't watch. The, well, yeah, do you watch you're the film, selling, Joe. You're not selling the movie. I'm, I'm not trying to, but but you do, you definitely need to watch Michael Caine. Just put Michael Caine, Jaws Revenge, and just put SHIT in there, and you'll get it. But the way okay, he says I'll, it, I will the way he says it, it is then. genius. It's genius. It, it, he he says right. He says it like he's just forgotten his car keys in the pub. Right, not that he's about to be eaten by a, a huge, massive shark. Oh, you just spoiled it. No, no, no. But I haven't because it's it's even better than even better. You need that context. It's perfect. But that's Michael Caine. Anyway, right. This is the end. This is the end. Um. So yeah, we'll see you again. Uh. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for joining. Uh. Yeah, thanks, do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah, it's uh, WDWNT Nerd Alert. Uh, we have a podcast and um, we talk about Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and uh, we have a pretty good time. Nice crew. Absolutely. I have primed the uh, what everyone else thought of Doctor Strange, and I cannot wait to listen to that. It's going to be it's going to be great. Um, I was on there. If anyone's interested and goes on the podcast, I was on there t- giving my verdict uh, on Doctor Strange. Which hasn't changed. It's probably stayed in the same place, despite the yeah. fact that a lot of people are giving it a lot of uh, unnecessary criticism. Yeah, a lot of people are ragging on it, and they should yeah. know better because uh, these are the people that I watch week in, week out, and I'm I don't agree. Anyway, that's life. Um, you can do. You can uh, contact us just just Facebook. Just contact us on Facebook. Uh, Rusted junk. We love an, a nice message. 
Um, I'd like to say shout out to the new listeners that we've got as well. If you've made it this far, then bless you. Um, a lot of people asked me about my podcast and an event I was yesterday, and then they started quizzing me about 80 movies, and I pretty much handled myself pretty well. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of, oh, my God, this guy, look, come and talk to this guy. He really knows his stuff about 80s movies. I'm like, well, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I've got a podcast. Do you want to listen to it? Have you? Anyway, if you're one of those people, I had a thoroughly great time last night. I loved meeting you, and I especially like you if you made it this far and listening to the podcast. So bless you all. Bless you all. Right. So I'm going to say cheerio. Over to you, Joe. See you. (laughs) And toodle pip from me. Toodle pip indeed. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.